Trial Brief with your host, David Otto. It's been said that a civil jury trial, for the most part, is really no more than a search for the truth. And as a trial lawyer, I'm entrusted by my clients to get to the truth. And usually that takes the form of questioning witnesses at depositions and cross-examining witnesses at trial. Now, real-life cross-examination is not like what you see on TV or in the movies where, you know, the witness breaks down, admits they're lying, and the whole case is solved on the witness stand. It's just not real life. To do a proper cross-examination takes many, many years to master, if you can master it at all, and I know very few who have mastered it. And we come across, in every trial, witnesses that take the stand and take the same oath to tell the truth and nothing but the truth, but they tell you completely different versions of an event or a story. And sometimes those witnesses are not telling the truth because they're either mistaken or they're just lying. And it's the attorney's job to probe the lie with a thorough and comprehensive cross-examination. And it's just not enough to simply establish the lie. The, the attorney must develop and explore the, the choices, the motives, the decisions that went into creating the lie. And by thoroughly developing the process of the lie, the attorney is well on the way to not just getting the jury to disbelieve the witness, but to develop some anger at the conduct of the witness for lying. Now, as I said, cross-examination is a very, very difficult art form. I had a mentor back when I was a young trial lawyer working at the district attorney's office, and I was preparing one of my first cross-examinations. And as I was reviewing it with him and trying to get some advice from him, at one point he, he stopped and laughed at me and said, you know, this cross-examination would work if every witness was Pinocchio and you could see their nose growing when they tell a lie. And he told me that certain witnesses are very good liars and that sometimes even the most experienced trial lawyers wouldn't be able to flush it out on cross-examination. Now, what if you can receive training on how to tell when someone is lying? What if you can tell from their speech patterns, from the words they're using, from their body language, that what they're telling you at that point is a lie? For an attorney, this type of training is invaluable, and I think it is absolutely required of trial lawyers because we are entrusted with that search for the truth. And my guest today is an international private investigator, Stephen Komarik. Stephen is the operations director at Conflicts International. He's a security consultant with extensive experience in planning, recruiting, and running security operations and investigations worldwide. He is a licensed private investigator in multiple states, He's a veteran of the Iraq War and the Global War on Terror. He's conducted many special investigations during his career. He has experience working with many local, state, and federal Department of Defense teams. He holds over 20 certifications in various intelligence disciplines to include courses in leadership and human lie detection and deception techniques. And I'm really excited to speak with him. So, Stephen, welcome to the trial brief. Pleasure to be here. I find this whole human lie detection 
extremely, not only fascinating from a personal standpoint, but from a lawyer's perspective, I think it's invaluable. Let's get right to it. What does Conflict International do? Well, Conflict International is an investigative surveillance and private intelligence agency with offices all over the world. So what we do is we like to provide solutions for our clients. And that can involve everyone from governments, corporate, legal, and private clients as well. Great. You know, you have a very interesting background. I'd love if you would uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I started off in the military, and then I uh, had some experience working with the government, and then I came into the private sector. And even still with in the private sector, we still do a lot of work uh, with colleagues and individuals and professionals that I met throughout my career. It's quite interesting. We pick up a lot of skills throughout the military, throughout the government. I have found a very interesting point is that I find that people become better when they enter into the private sector. And, and I really tote that up to just the amount of cross-training and different training that's available that's out there. So if you were in one profession, say you were uh, worked with the Bureau or you worked with a particular agency or you had a particular job in the military or whatever form of service that you were doing, at that point, you, know, you were really stuck unless you're able to get into a different area into what they were willing to teach you. But in the private sector, there are so many different aspects. If you're keen to it and you know the people and can get into that training, potential is limitless for your own self-growth. Sure. How did you get involved with the human lie detection area? It's actually a pretty interesting story with that. Intelligence has always been my background and, and my forte. And just doing a lot of different interviews, being trained in multiple different techniques, everything from uh, read and scan, uh, multiple different forms of interview and interrogation techniques. And at that point, it was, um, there was a big battle coming into the field between uh, polygraphs and right when voice stress analysis started coming out. And at that point, I was looking at, all right, well, you know what, we were pretty much trained in, in deception and being able to spot deception. I wonder what else, what other training is available and what other training is out there. And um, I, I started looking more and more into the different forms uh, that, that were taught at different agencies and, and also in the private sector, human lie detection. And like yourself, it was something that always very much interested me. So I went out and I got a lot of training in a lot of different disciplines. And the best discipline that I found, the one that I believe works one of the best ways is the body language assessment and scoring technique. So I was trained in that. And then I was trained to be an instructor. And in late 2019, I was given the uh, honorary distinction of a master instructor of lie detection. When we're talking about lies, I mean, we're not talking about white lies, right? We're talking about deception and and maybe... You know, you can you can talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. You know, it, we all remember, I don't know if you watched or not, but that the show that was on for nearly a decade, House, and uh, sure. about the medical doctor. And, you know, he used to have a saying, everybody lies. And it's true. Everybody does lie. Uh, you know, we, we find out that men generally lie more than women. Men lie between three to eight times a day. Women lie between one to five times a day. Uh, we have found that, you know, teenage girls lie the most. And this is mainly due to peer pressure and expectations. And, and those numbers come back to right around three to 10 times a day. Now, 
Well, it's very interesting. There was a study done by the University of Massachusetts that found that telling lies is a reflexive trait. So think about that, for instance. It is our natural ability and distinction as a humans to tell lies. Why? We can look at it as self-preservation. We, we can look at it as, hey, we don't want to get in trouble, everything from the white lie to the deception. And we do call it human lie detection. But a wording I like better is human deception detection because we tell lies for different reasons, right? You know, one of the, it was found that one of the main lies that people tell is I'm fine. <laughs> I believe we've all heard that one. <laughs> sure. And uh, we found that, you know, 40% of people lie on their resumes. Uh, you know, there are some studies and statistics that come out there at a 50%. Uh, we found that about 90% of people lie on dating websites. 75% of people usually lie to their friends. Now, being able to tell that direct lie, right? What kind of lies are they? Well, there's the direct lie, that falsification. But there's also the withholding of information. And we really dive into what happens when a person lies, when a person's trying to be deceitful. And what can we do to detect that? Well, what happens to the body? Well, there's a psychological response that happens. There are signs of stress and deception. Specifically, there's increased brain function to make the lie more believable. It takes more processing power in the brain to tell the lie than it does to actually come with the truth. And being able to be able to spot that, we have what's called leakage. So the body and your emotions, right, whether they are your emotions, your natural body functions, they cannot process the lie at the same rate and the same amount of energy it takes to develop that lie. For instance, if we're going to tell a lie, we have what's called amabolic gestures. Now, amabolic gestures are a sign of spotting that leakage, right? Spotting that deception. And it's been found through multiple case studies that they're 90% accurate. And we learn a little bit about some amabolic gestures, right? Uh, in, if you take in the read technique where they go over micro expressions, but I'm, talking beyond the micro expressions of the face, I'm talking actual documented and scientifically proven expressions that the body goes through, things that happen to the body when we lie, when we're being untruthful, when we're being deceitful. Deception actually manifests itself physically. Absolutely it does. And, and believe it or not, you can actually score those deceptions. And not only their body language, but also through their uh, use of words, not only in oral expression, but also in written expression as well. And there's a scoring technique that goes along with it. And that's why I, I love the body language assessment and scoring technique the best. Because being able to score the deception allows you to not only know, hey, I need to follow up further in this line of questioning, but the higher the number the more that person is trying to hide, right? Okay, I need to look more into this questioning. But also, one more, why? It tells us and gives us a glimpse into why that person is being deceitful. You know, you mentioned, you know, deception through body language. You also mentioned deception through written words. Absolutely. That's amazing to me that you could, you could pick that up through, through someone writing a, for example, a witness statement. Yeah, and, and, and here's the interesting part. So we call that, you know, statement or word analysis. And what we do, it's a, it's, there's a whole method to detecting that deception. We analyze the words, 
that people use and what they don't say in certain circumstances. For instance, some people try to subconsciously try to distance themselves from the lie that they're communicating. And they'll do it verbally, but they'll also do it in the way that they write. The written form of deception. And we've incorporated that into this process as well within the body language assessment and scoring technique. Once you go through the course and and we teach this to you, you're not only going to be able to pick it up by looking through the uh, witness statement, but also when you're in uh, in the courtroom in litigation, you're going to be able to pick up uh, what a witness is saying, and you're going to be able to train yourself into these keywords. Hey, this person's using a text bridge. Okay, now I know that he's being deceptive, and now I know what type of deceptive it is. They're you, they're answering a indirect question or a direct question with indirect answers. That's a form of deception as well. Okay, let's dive deeper into that. And the more you practice it, it literally becomes second nature to you. You're able to spot it, and it's going to set off these red flags in your mind. And to the point of where you don't even need to process it at that point. The good news is, and a lot of the feedback I've heard from a lot of lawyers that have come through this program, is that now that they're able to actually detect the deception, afterwards they go back and they're able to link the science to it. Why was it a deception? Where are the numbers to back this up? Can we, can we prove this? And it gives them uh, different paths to go down, different questions to ask. I find it to be uh, an invaluable skill. Wow. So you're involved in this course. In other words, you know, if a, if a lawyer or, or any person in business wanted to learn more about this and train themselves to pick these visual and, and written cues and verbal cues, is that something that you do at Conflict International? Absolutely. And uh, so, so we actually come in, we'll teach this course. We, we just, uh, I'm a member of the World Association of Detectives, and we just had our annual conference. And, and but prior to that, we had a webinar in which I actually gave a, uh, an hour-long block of instruction on human lie detection. And at our previous annual conference that we just finished last week, I was one of the guest speakers there. I also spoke um, at the Society of uh, Professional Investigators conference here in New York recently as well this year on human lie detection. And this is definitely something that we can train. Uh, We can put it together in the full course in which we actually can become certified in, or we can put together a workshop. It really custom tailors how you want to go over it, how you and your staff could utilize it. For people who are basic trial lawyers who go in there who love litigation, uh, I have found that the most accurate forms in which they like to be taught to, to, for learning here is the written analysis, being able to detect it within those witness statements, being able to find that deception. And also for when they're on trial, when they're actually, de- or when they're deposing somebody, learning those verbal cues as well and this verbiage that people use when they're being deceptive. You know, I read some articles recently having to do with computer AI, with artificial intelligence and the ability of this artificial intelligence to detect human deception. What can you tell us about I have a little bit that? of experience with that. Um, so the technology is promising, but it's not there yet. Uh, I was in Stockholm, Sweden, and uh, it, was, it was actually supposed to be a uh, just an <laughs> a, a get-together between two professionals, myself and uh, 
and the designer of one, of one of these AI, uh, which was absolutely fantastic. And uh, he said, Stephen, I know you're really good at uh, deception and, and spotting it. Do you think you could beat the machine? And I said, well, you know, I, I really think your machine's, you know, just going to beat me. I know that, hey, we're going up against a computer here. You know, and I think back to the uh, chess message where they had AI and multiple programmers who actually beat some of the world chess masters. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, this is going to embarrass me in front of my colleagues. So I, I agreed to, to put myself through through the ringer on this. And I asked him, I said, well, you know, let's just do this uh, privately. Well, I get there and it's in front of uh, about 30 of my colleagues <laughs> who are all standing around this machine. <laughs> So I, I go in, you know, they, they, we talk about control questions. They do control questions and they go through, they take your blood pressure, make sure you haven't been on drugs, make sure you don't have alcohol in your system, hook you up to this machine. And, you know, it does rapid eye movement, uh, calibration and goes off your uh, O2, your, your breathing, you know, all the stuff a normal polygraph would also go off of. And in it, I was actually able, in front of about 30 of my colleagues around the world, able to beat this machine. And at the end, the machine couldn't tell uh, whether or not deception was there or not. And um, so while the, while the technology is promising, I don't believe that it's there yet. Um, now, again, uh, the, uh, the guy who did this, uh, he said that I was the only other one besides himself to be able to beat the machine. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, it's just through different training that that I have had over the years. It's, uh, you know, once you're trained to spot it, you can also use that. Um, We train law enforcement, we train federal agents in this, uh, counterintelligence agents, to be able to actually pick up and spot people who are being deceptive. So it's, it's, it's a very phenomenal program. Yeah, that's for sure. I, I'm sure there's some interest also from the corporate world to have you teach them uh, those techniques as well. It's fantastic for HR managers and uh, and people within the HR community and hiring managers as well. Um, and also investigators. I think the multitude of the people who take our class now are investigators, then followed by lawyers. You know, I, I've just gotten a phenomenal response by all the lawyers and uh law enforcement officers and investigators who, who have gone through the class. And it's um, it just kind of opens their eyes in, in understanding the person and, and dealing with them. You have to understand everybody lies, right? and, and the way that we lie is consistent, meaning we all lie differently. Every human being has a different way of lying, but the way in which that human lies is very consistent. So once you're able to pick up on what the way an individual lies, you're then able to see it every single time that they do. Wow. So you could, you know, that'd be very helpful. You know, I'm thinking of it in terms of uh, litigation, right? I'm thinking of it in terms of taking a deposition, taking sworn testimony from a witness, and then you see that witness again at trial for the second time. And now- Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, what is the, you know, I don't want you to, I don't want you to give too much away or, you know, use this as a course or anything, but what really is the most common tell, you know, let's say for, for just a lawyer doing a deposition and you have a witness you think is, you know, making a good appearance They're they're you know, the testimony seems credible, but there's something in your gut, you know, that that's telling you this, this person's just not telling you, you know, it's just not being straight with you. What's the most common tell? 
You know, and, and I've been asked that uh, before, what, it, what is the common tell? And it really breaks down to the individual. Like I said, everyone lies differently, but the way that people lie are consistent. But, uh, you know, but there is some correlation. And again, there, there hasn't been numbers brought to this yet on, on the accuracy on between, say, let's call it the genre of criminality. Um, you know, are we talking about embezzlers? Are we talking about murderers? There hasn't really been any notice of within those of is there a tell within that genre of criminality? But one of those things that I can tell you, and that there has been numbers and science behind, is emabolic gestures. Now, emabolic gestures score at a ninety percent accuracy rating that that person is then being deceptive. And there is a number of amabolic gestures that are out there. And those are one of those things that we, that we teach. That we also teach what non-deceptive behaviors look like. Now, again, just because a person is being deceptive doesn't mean they're being deceitful. A person can have a number of reasons for not wanting to give you the information or not wanting to tell, but it doesn't mean they're trying to deceive you. For instance, hi, honey, do I look fat in this dress? <laughs> what are, what is the answer that we're going to tell her? We're we're not going to tell them even if they are. Right. If if, if you have a spouse, you're not going to say to your spouse, "Yes, you do look fat in that dress." We're being deceptive at that time, but we're not being deceitful. Does that make sense? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. But with amabolic gestures, and those those are uh, gestures through uh, expression, physical expression. We're able to tell at a 90% accuracy rating through these deception indicators of amabolic gestures if the person is showing leakage, meaning when they're being deceptive, the truth leaks out, and we call that leakage. And it's 90% accurate. And being able to spot those, and I have found uh, through reviews through a lot of my legal clients that come in, and we have taught this to, that on the stand, spotting anabolic gestures and certain verbal uh, statements that are made that they just pick up on immediately. So I don't think it's just one natural tell. I think it's a category of tells, and those would be anabolic gestures and deception indicators within verbal speech. You know, it was interesting. I heard you mention that there are also tells when someone's telling the truth. Right? It works, Absolutely. works both ways. It does. It does work both ways. And that's one of those things that we teach in is those non-deceptive physical behaviors as well. And those non-deceptive verbal and written statements as well. So you can look, if you're, if you're getting a deposition from somebody and you're going through, you can say, all right, he's being true here. He's being true here. Here's the deception. Here's the deception. Okay, this is why this is a deception. You're able to pick it out. You're able to put science to it. And then when you go back and you see them and you're, you have them on the stand, you can ask them about it. And remember, people are always going to show leakage differently. And those deception indicators in which they use are going to be consistent. So you'll be able to spot it. So when you go back through and you ask relevant questions, which are threatening questions to somebody on the stand after you already know they're going to lie about it, and you're able to pick it back up. And also, you know, if, you can tell, hey, if they're going to lie, you know, I like to set people up for failure. Uh, when I'm doing a witness interview and I know you're lying to me, I'm going to give you a lot of rope and I'm going to set you up for failure and you're not even going to know it. I'm going to do a monologue. I'm going to keep you in short-term thinking mode 
and you're going to tell me everything I want to know, even if you don't want to tell it to me. And it, being able to pick it up and, and do that while you're on the stand, uh, I've gotten a lot of reviews from a lot of my legal clients that say, there's nothing out there like this. Yeah, this is something. Where can we find you? Where, where can someone find you if they want to take this course and they want to get this training uh, and they want to learn more? I'm the U.S. Operations Director for Conflict International. So if they just go to conflictinternational.com, they can click on our U.S. site. And my contact information is right there under our team pages. Great. wish I had more time. And, and since you're an expert, you know I'm not lying about that. <laughs> you know, this was, this was great. I, I'd love to, to have you back on maybe one of these days and we could talk about some specific cases you worked on and Absolutely. Uh, things like that. So thank you so much. And, uh, well, I appreciate you having me very much. Great. And uh, hopefully we'll speak to you soon. Thank you. All right. Take care. To be able to be trained in human lie detection and deception is an exciting thing for a trial lawyer. Think about the possibilities here, right? You take witness statements. You interview witnesses at the beginning of cases. I personally am working on and handling a number of Child Victims Act cases here in New York where I'm representing survivors of childhood sexual abuse that happened many, many years ago. Or I'm dealing with an incident that happened fairly recently and I'm interviewing witnesses. This is an invaluable tool when doing those interviews and conducting those investigations. And then taking depositions of witnesses with this training and with this knowledge again will lead you to the right questions, the right direction to focus your investigation. And of course, at trial, it could mean the difference between winning or losing your case. On behalf of David, once again, thank you for listening to this episode. Please take a moment to subscribe and give us a rating at Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time on The Trial Brief.